Oi, I ball. Welcome to a new episode, episode eight of Faded Breaks, the original cannabis and anime experience. I am your host, Elena the Muse, the Madam Lanaverse to some. I am the owner, chief executive illustrator, and creative producer of Faded Lane, the top tier illustration studio of the cannabis business, forging timeless creative solutions that sell, or for the simple business-minded people who don't understand that, evolving your cannabis brand. Today's episode, I am not necessarily talking about cannabis products so much as making cannabis oil and cannabis butter I guess a more traditional way and how that panned out for me. Well, I guess it's hemp butter and hemp oil because that's what I made. Could get into... No, I'm not getting anything else. And other than that, talking about My Hero Academia because I am on my third watch through of the entire series. Getting some little bit of Spanish practice in because I have the Spanish subtitles on, but it's in Japanese, so doing a little bit of language practice and getting into that experience as well as the manga, keeping this spoiler free. Not really. <laughs> I don't I don't do that on this podcast. So if you are unfamiliar with my hero academia and you don't like spoilers get lost go watch another episode i mean listen to another episode of something that you have heard i gotta evaluate how i'm doing these episodes now but anyway as it goes faded breaks is your ethereal ethereal ephemeral (laughs) break from whatever the fuck you got going on we out here vibing you know like i said getting you acquainted with the ins and outs of cannabis hemp psychedelics and potentially other herbal delights as well as recommending a once again top tier nerd media whether it is anime video games comics american comics manga all that good good it's just anime is the uh, crux of this so kick back roll up or do your life and enjoy my vibrations. And I'll catch you in the cannabis segment. Faded Lane is the elite solo powered illustration studio helping cannabis brands forge timeless creative solutions that sell, particularly with illustration. As the host of Faded Breaks, naturally, I'm going to push my own shit. (laughs) And it may be of benefit to you, but benefit to someone that you know and value. So my business, I specialize in illustration services and somewhat as a subsidiary or supplement supporting aspect to that. Also creative direction as a creative producer creative direction production and consulting specifically with developing creative campaigns whether it's 
narrowing down your brand story, baking in the elements of brand lore, which is my visualized concept for developing out your brain into a world and, you know, visualize that. Let's play with some escapism. Whether that is getting packaging, package art on your packages or other forms of products as well as merchandise or apparel designs illustration designs potentially a mural using the basics of either my more fantastical style or a more toned down style where I use visual noting or sketch noting which is visualizing information, which is essential for content, especially if you create an ongoing series that your audience looks forward to. And you can turn that into merchandise or digital products or NFTs, all things that we can work on, not just from my experience as an artist, but as a business professional who wants to see you thrive as I thrive because this is a win-win situation so if that has gotten you going head on to the show notes go to fadelane.com follow me on instagram fadelane or twitter at elena muse and I look forward to seeing you there be sure to if you're curious want to get more involved before you reach out or just get a taste for what I produce check out the forged by faded podcast updates daily-ish and there's also the art biz and chill newsletter that goes out every first third and fifth friday i'll see you there welcome to the cannabis or hemp segment where i am highlighting my experience making my own hemp oil and hemp butter. I want to say the distinction because I wasn't consuming any Delta whatever, insert number, THC. I was consuming no THC this past July, so about 30 days. And well, I guess it was just under 30 days, but had to get myself on track i be dealing with pain issues and, or I guess it's pain. It's just really muscle tension. I got to get more active and stuff. But that combined with addressing anxiety issues, emotional pain, trapped within my supple body. CBD is where it's at, though I do need a little spritz of Delta something in there. But, you know, I had to reevaluate things. But as it goes, smoking and eating or just the, yeah, your consumption method really just affects things. So, yeah, this is kind of like an educational segment for people to expand beyond, you know, learn about how you can just make your own stuff at home. The easy way, if it's within your budget And I think more importantly, it's an investment if you're going to be making your own stuff regularly. It doesn't have to be, you know, like these niggas out here selling under the table, you know, legacy market edibles and shit. 
not to uh, discredit them or anything, but you don't have to be the plug in that regard to um, make the investment if you are, you know, a medical cannabis patient or you're someone who has chronic issues or I'd say having daily anxiety is a chronic issue. (laughs) And if you find relief from cannabis or hemp or a combination of the two, you know, getting a balanced array of cannabinoids or, you know, you go, you live in a state where you don't have like a formal dispensary. You're not really feeling what your plug is making because one of my plugs, I got some THC edibles from him and them shit tastes like, them cookies taste like fucking soap. And I don't know how to fuck you do that. I can't judge because I have not made, (laughs) I've not baked anything with product. But, you know, if you just want to go out on your own and be the supply as it goes in life, you got to pay money, you got to pay money, you got to pay in time. So, and convenience. So, to me, I will be making the investment and like they there are a couple different devices the only one that comes to mind is like ardent for just making it easier to infuse the butter or the oil maybe some other stuff you can infuse with it but i was just using the oven and the crock pot to make the oil and the butter that i did though i did do those in um two different ways the second way makes more sense and thus you should you know look things up online before you do them i just be like ah, i know how to do it or i just want to figure it out and i'm like oh fuck you want to optimize your your spending of the time to do these things so getting right into it shout out to horn creek hemp because that was the hemp flower that i use for both of these concoctions the cannabis oil like i said or the hemp oil i did use in the crock pot and i infused coconut yeah coconut oil it was refined coconut oil it wasn't i think it was a refined virgin coconut oil it's like basically you want to get whatever not the purest i guess maybe the purest form where it's like the least refined version as original form of coconut oil is possible because mainly the thing with edibles or just anything with consumption is you want to have the most bioavailability which means you know the cbd thc you know you could be a cbg nigga whatever wherever you're looking to have in your system when it comes down to making product or making the oils and butters for yourself basically you got to account for whatever the labs say like if you have 20 percent cbd or 30 percent thc that is steadily going to decline during the process of your production so before you even can put the shit in the oil in the crock pot if you choose to do that you got to decarb it and before you decarb it you got to grind it down I ran all the flour, like I de-stemmed it because I used the stems for tea. You can include the stems for your process. But I ground it down, 
put it on a parchment paper sheet and put it in the oven for like 240, 230 degrees. So that's another thing you got to look up. Of course, it depends on where you're at. Like if you're at a higher altitude or whatever. But from what I read, if you want to get the most out of the C, if you want to get the most out of CBD, you got to bake it at that temperature for like 90 minutes. And that wasn't fucking happening because I ain't got air conditioning. <laughs> so I, I sat on the 40 minute mark. I believe 40 minutes is generally where it's going to be at for, you know, when you want the THC aspect, but the lower the temperature, the longer you're baking it in the oven, the better just to get, you know, it activates the cannabinoids in it. So like THC is, you have to combust it for it to become THC or it to become CBD. Otherwise it starts off as CBDA or THCA. So that's why that decar process is important to, you know, act, actually activate those molecules that you want the benefits from. So after that, oh yeah, another caveat is that your house will smell, your home will be smelling of flour. I think for like three to four hours. I didn't count the time. It was just like a warning that was on one of the sites that I read the recipe on. So I'm like, oh, that don't matter for me. But if you're trying to be discreet, be aware of that. So next thing was just to put it in the crock pot. So the first time I just put the oil directly in the crock pot and then put the flour directly in, ran it on low for three to four hours. Then I ran, let the crock pot cool down, ran it through a strainer into the container that was keeping the oil, that was planning to keep the oil in and I kept the oil refrigerated and I use so you can use olive oil you can use whatever oil that you want it's just coconut oil is the most recommended because of the fat content increases the viability the bio viability or the bioavailability shit of the cannabinoids that you want to use but the first time I made oil with the crock pot I used coconut or I used olive oil because I didn't use like the highest version or whatever because I was also being cheap but it's I was just planning to put the oil on like pasta and spaghetti and coconut oil is sweet to me I didn't really think that was going to be that great of a combination but you know, you can add it to, like I added to my smoothies and, um, before I was adding the oil to like oatmeal when I was eating that for breakfast regularly, I put it on toast. So of course account for how much product you want in you also account for your own taste. That aside with the butter, it's recommended you, you use unsalted. I use salted butter. You know, if you got sodium issues cholesterol all that be health conscious be aware of that but with the butter and you can also do this with the oil with the butter i you know still the decard process but instead with the crock pot it was you fill it up you fill the water halfway and you got to heat the crock pot of the water first i didn't have a thermometer but again got this from the recipe that i read that 
have a thermometer because you want the water to stay to get to 180 degrees and stay there the entire duration that it's um infusing but pretty much i put the butter and the ground decard flour in a mason-ish jar like i got it from the dollar store so it wasn't a legit mason jar but it still works and put both of those in there put the cap on put in the uh crock pot put the top on the crock pot ran it three four hours and then i had to strain the uh concoction once it cooled down a bit for me to hold it and you can use molds for if you want the butter and like sticks or whatever i just put it in a glass container once again i got from the dollar store but there will be like a kind of i think what is it like a milk deposits or something at the bottom that doesn't apparently contain anything so you can actually like if you put it in the molds and then after you run it through the fridge you know take the molds out remove those deposits i ain't do all that but <laughs> Hopefully that's not to my detriment, but yeah, you can do that same method for making the oil that I read and it definitely makes the cleanup process faster. I think as for, you're not going to keep the flour in it. You do want to have like a strainer or some kind of like a potato mash or something or you can just use a spoon to make sure that when you're straining, you press out the oil or the butter to go into your actual container. As for the remaining flour, I don't want to say you can just throw it out. I feel like some places or some of the sites do say to throw it out. I give it to my dog because <laughs> at least with the hemp flour, you should not give THC to your dog. It's not fucking cute their heart rates run at a higher rate than ours and it can actually kill them and die of a heart attack or some other issue or they can be throwing up whatever dogs i don't know if everyone knows this but dogs are not humans like we be vibing but their body structure and their needs are different from ours so don't do that shit especially if it's thc CBD, I only give him like a little bit of flour time, but that nigga loves it. <laughs> he be having his own little anxiety issues. I think when I did the butter, it was around the 4th of July. So there was still like fireworks and shit. So it was also just helpful for him to chill the fuck out. But yeah, that's just my little take on making that. Um... I'm okay with having it done that way because like I said, I wasn't planning, I guess per se, to regularly have CBD like that in my diet, but just given the amount of mess involved and less mess involved, if you just buy one of the devices that makes the infusion process seamless, I don't even think you have to decarb with some of these, make it happen. And... You know, maybe future episode I'll talk about it and give me, they'll like give me a sponsorship or some shit. So if you got a plug, plug me in. Kanban is officially here to jam, baby, with the endokanban.com. 
don't forget the www in front of it which is my cannabis art brand personifying the most talented of cannabis molecules as music entertainers be it cannabinoids like queen cbd to the zesty limonene of terpy the sub group of the band known for k-pop and r&b aesthetics you can represent your favorite molecule or molecules or the entire band with digital products like printable wall art wall calendars 18 months starting from july 2022 and merchandise such as masks gonna need them bitches aprons coasters backpacks and other miscellaneous things that will expand over the months to come if you would like to see the development of the visual note style be sure to look up faded lane my company that is the oversight and you can see development via your faded hour on my faded lane accounts See videos via Pinterest, the Indocanban Pinterest account, or follow me on TikTok at the Laneverse. Details, links, everything are in the show notes. And come enjoy the band. Welcome to the anime segment where I will be highlighting my third rewatch of My Hero Academia. And getting into the most recent manga chapter, I think it was 361. Keep it on the low how I've read it. But I love My Hero Academia. I was just on my exquisite Virgo friend, Tori, about how, and I guess yeah, it came to me while I was talking to him that I love a lot of different anime, but I think there's always that core anime that really like sticks with you and sticks with you as in like just having to rewatch it or it shaping your personality and your outlook on life and how you navigate things. Like before My Hero Academia, it was Dragon Ball Z because that. I do believe that was my first anime. I was watching it on Cartoon Network. I think maybe I have like some fever dream of a memory of seeing it on a different channel, maybe Dragon Ball, but only watching like a couple minutes of it when I was a kid. But Dragon Ball Z... The, the Blue Ocean dub before Funimation took over. That shit was just, it was the entrance and I could never go back into the world of anime. So no matter what anyone says about it, especially when these new cats or these motherfuckers who think they're so contrarian that they constantly feel the need to bitch about Dragon Ball Z and oh they just yell and the power-ups and there's no deep story and characters are lame it's just like congratulations for earning I don't know what you think is a personality trait or some gold stars for disliking this series like 
it's <laughs> it's such pathetic behavior to me. Like all the other big three, Naruto, Bleach, One Piece, has been influenced. Everything from the from onwards, from the 1980s onward, has been influenced, shown in wise by Dragon Ball Z, even by Hero Academia, and. Yeah, it just opened up this whole world of like, I guess when you have everybody has their own franchise that they're committed to. I'm not invested as much in Dragon Ball as the Dragon Ball series as I was like as a kid. So I guess to replace that, because I don't be fucking with Dragon Ball Super, it's it's just whack to me. Um, because I don't know. It's I'm 33. I started, I got into Dragon Ball when I was younger than 10, maybe like six, seven, eight. So I can't keep pushing that hedonic nostalgia button when like the Dragon Ball Super movie with Brawly, that was hot. Like when, when the animation is top tier, like even the Beerus movie when that first dropped, that was dope. The God Destruction movie was dope. So it's like, without without becoming a series like i didn't really get that invested in the games it's just at the end of the day i'm always gonna be a dragon ball fan so when it comes to my hero academia it brings that layering that people who think that disliking dragon ball z and thinking they're more intelligent than what they are it brings those complexities that a lot of shonen doesn't have but at the end of the day, it's not, it's just apples to oranges. Everything has their, every story, every series, whether it's the manga or the anime, has its own sauce. And My Hero Academia just has a sauce that no other series has when it comes, and just the animation of it, because the anime was my intro before I got into the manga once season five ended but it's really just amazing the complexities it just it's the complexities of the characters and that they are like people like sure if we want to compare goku and vegeta and the characters of dragon ball z they don't have real world problems and they're not tied up within the rules and navigations of society and you know public relations and those kind of deals that um, my hero academia reflects and because horikoshi kohei the creator of mha hiroaka my hero um was inspired by spider-man there are a lot of like american comic influences which you got to respect on that that's where those complexities come from because when you get into like the world of marvel i'm more of a marvel head than a dc head so i'm not too familiar with how those societal complexities work work because maybe it just gets more fantastical but it's like there's bureaucracy involved in marvel and in hiroaka and that the government's involved with at least with Hiroaka, with, you know, the licensing process of heroes, training the heroes in school. Like that's kind of like an X-Men factor where 
The difference is that 80% of the world, they have quirks or special abilities in the hero Aka world. But, you know, we get to see it's a hundred years of that adjustment where people can't legally like to legally use your powers. You have to have a license. You have to have a hero license. You can't just be using your powers out in the street and stuff. But I think that element and then also just how, again, the characters are people. Again, like in Marvel MCU, where they have their struggles, they have reasons that influence their actions that come from home, that come from their parents, that come from how they were treated. And of course, it's more with a Japanese cultural flair because as I find Americans deal with their problems with angry angst and yelling at people and just being so much in a angry silo of assuming that everyone's in the same world as you, you know, Japan's more of a collective society and they're just more, I don't know. I don't want to say just chilled out, but like Americans be mad as shit. Y'all niggas be on my fucking nerves, but I digress. Get to the heroes like All Might. I was expecting All Might when I first watched it to be a Superman type where he's just goody goody. There's nothing else going on. But the fact that, you know, he acknowledges that's a face that he puts on when he's in his true form. He's more grounded. Like when he meets Midoriya for the first time and he tells him like, nigga, you ain't got no quirk. That's some tough nuts, bruh. But, you know, if you want to help people be an officer (laughs) you know there wasn't any historic or outstanding speech of encouragement and all that and even we look at Midoriya like his personality when it starts out he's extremely timid because that's a result of his environment he's a part of the 20% that doesn't have a quirk his dream from when he was four years old to become like All Might and to be like the other kids and become a hero was completely dashed. And then you had his other kids, but especially Bakugo, treating him horribly because he didn't have a special ability. And then, you know, he's in middle school in the first episode. And I think the teacher put it out there that he wanted to go to UA for high school all the kids laughed at him even his teacher like really didn't didn't give a shit about him it wasn't really encouraging so it's like of course and then when his mother found out and saw him crying about it all she said was like i'm sorry that i couldn't give you a better quirk and midoriya says to himself like i just wish you told me that you know i just wanted to hear you say that i could still just do this even though i don't have these abilities And I think that's just very, it's very realistic of, you know, we meet these very confident high school, middle school age anime protagonists. And I'm sure, of course, the toxic limp noodles known as anime fans hated on Midoriya before he got super strong to be their little power fuckboy fantasy but ultimately like he is a reflection of what happens to a 14 14 15 year old boy who gets being told throughout his life that he ain't gonna be shit because he doesn't have what everybody else has 
and to see his personality grow and for him to develop his own confidence is very just grounded and complex and realistic. The same thing with Bakugo, where he's overconfident. And when he gets to UA and realizes that, yeah, he has a great quirk. Yeah, he's very intelligent, but you're not the only one in the world. And that shatters his ego which is what a lot of like American men and anime fans need to happen to them regularly (laughs) is have your ego shattered again and again and again to realize that you may be great at what you think that you're great at, but you ain't shit once you start competing with those who are at the top of the line when you're in an environment. You're like Bakugo started off as a big fish in a small pond and everybody was gassing him up. And then when he gets out to the ocean of UA or seeing All Might truly fight or getting to work alongside Endeavor, it's, you ain't shit, man. Wake the fuck up. Because you thinking that you're all that is blocking you from becoming something greater. And that's going to make you into, I I don't, it's going to make you into a problem when you're actually fighting against an opponent who can defeat you so it's been seeing him get humbled over and over again that's reality reality humbles you other people are better than you other people are more skilled than you your heroes are light years ahead of you and you can have your breakdown and you can fucking cry about it you can be a little bitch but what's different what can be found in hero aka in a character like bakugo is that when you stop being a little bitch and being angry at everybody because you really ain't about shit, you can actually become something great, which I think is just really valuable. Like the other thing is, especially compared to like, again, Dragon Ball Z and even Naruto, all the characters get their time to shine. There's no point, especially continuing to read the manga and the duration of watching everything. It's, you know, I'm moving, I just finished season one, I'm moving into rewatching season two, where in season one, I didn't really care about Ida like that. Whereas when season two came along and Ida had his moment of, he's not perfect. He's not the perfect school rep. His brother loses his ability to be a hero anymore and Ida gets consumed with revenge. And he has to address that part of himself against Stain where as a hero you can't be going out on your own just doing things for revenge and for your own selfish reasons even it's even if it's a serial killer and murderer telling you this at the end of the day stain's convictions are about he's motivated by the fact that there are very few true heroes like all might who are committed to just helping people and their strength is motivated by helping people and i'll be on <laughs> youtube and in the comments people be like yo the hero aka fandom sucks and i'm just like how are you so fucking clueless as to these dynamics that are literally happening in front of you and you say you're a fan but all you're doing is having a circle jerk over power plays it's absolutely asinine like oh my god so i don't subscribe to any fandoms plus i'm an adult so i can't be on the internet arguing with 15 year olds and 30 plus year old men who are actually 15 year olds who didn't realize that they're supposed to become adults 
and not get into abusive yelling matches about characters they don't even have the brain capacity to imagine or come up with but you know as it goes on the podcast i got slide niggas <laughs> that aside i just love hiroaka going a bit over time with the manga bakugo once again has been humbled he he's had a crying match or a crying match for himself you know having his shit shattered but you know having those vegeta moments but it's perspective it's an opportunity for growth and for him to focus on himself and his power and focus on himself as far as once again developing to the next level of being a hero and at the end of the day with the war arc that is on the horizon but is never a myth is the fact that these are 15 and 16 and 18 year old kids and all the heroes always say this whenever anything major happens even if the kids get involved with the villains and they succeed it's these are still 15 and 16 year olds these are still children who are developing minds they're developing their understanding of themselves and in the world and essentially you have to grow and you have to have a strong mind not just a strong body not just the best quirk not just the coolest looking techniques you need to be holistically strong and developed to be able to care about saving someone else's life which is what being a hero is about it's not about all the power bullshit that the dotards of this community seem the the loud ass dotards of the community seem to get lost in it's not about you it's not about who you can beat up it doesn't matter who you can beat up if you can't save anybody if you can't help somebody if you can't help somebody get to their next point in their life and help them to better themselves because if you can't think and just to go a little bit further into like people hating on endeavor when sure rightfully there is a re there are reasons to dislike him but some of you express that same exact behavior to your loved ones to your friends and strangers you're projecting your own bullshit onto this dude who at the end of the day after he gets over his shattered dream of overcoming all might and earning his right to number one that's when it sinks in his 40 plus year old head that he needs to be more than that and he screwed up just focusing on that because the real distance between him and all might is all might's devotion to helping people and saving people without a second thought and if you can't do that shit you ain't shit bruh you're not a hero you don't look up to all might for the right reasons you don't look up to any of these characters for the right reasons if all you care about is being able to flex your little dumbass muscles just for the sake of the fact that you felt like a little ass bitch most of your life but you don't think about how other people literally are helpless with that said like go follow me on tiktok because um i'm doing a hero era series talking about the same exact shit so you know show notes follow laneverse get hip to that 
And um, that's all I got to say. Shit's great. I'm looking forward to buying the manga and potentially just buying the DVDs and whatnot. But I will be re-watching My Hero Aka a fourth time for Spanish practice. I'm going to have a good-ass time doing it. Deep within the muse is an unending lane of verse. It begins and ends with the madam. You can discover that side of me, the commercial artist, or really just the artist, who just wants to make shit and not think about the money things and taxes and business expenses. But alas, that is existence, but I will not surrender. In light of that, you can follow my development on personal projects such as Orange 91, which is my personal biannual anthology that features my character short stories and also contains illustrations of them. So it's very magical realism kind of deal and just being very experimental with my style, with the kinds of tools that I use to make art and just making a great storytelling experience as I built the foundation to having my shit animated. It's ultimately the goal. There are aspects of the Indo-Kanban that show up in the Laneiverse and on my platforms, namely on TikTok. But if you're curious about how my sweet dance moves break creative blocks and manifest the magic of all things needed in my universe in my place of this etheric realm hop on over to there at lane face on tiktok also instagram where i mainly just port shit um you can also connect with me on facebook if you can find that link somewhere <laughs> find me um not really that committed to facebook but youtube will be rolling out and rolling out monthly videos so just focusing on my creative business my creative project development and just my growth as a creator through and through without all the bells and whistles and noise and annoyance of society just as a being so hop on over to the links in again the show notes the Laneiverse will have a website by the end of summer 2022. But while you wait, you can check out some of my previous artwork and wares at laneware.com, which will also be developing over the course of 2022. I will meet you there. The art is personal, but you're welcome. All right. Thanks for tuning into episode eight of faded breaks if i got the episode number right hope you learned some things about making your own cannabis or hemp oil and butter you could probably do the same thing with shrooms that's just stank though i don't know how niggas can do that but also if you're a hero aka fan hope you enjoyed everything i had to say accolades on accolades and if you didn't like what i had to say and you took this time to just listen Thanks for the play and thank you for your energy. 
Um, shit, what else? As it goes, you know, you've heard all the ads, you've seen the show notes. Give me a follow on all the platforms that you be vibing on. Please be sure to share this podcast and subscribe if you picking up what I'm putting down. And finally, fucking hosting weekly discussions on Twitter spaces at 7.27 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The first discussion was with my buddy Quinn and the newest, the freshest homie Mark about what would our favorite heroes smoke? And that may just be an ongoing thing because there's just so many different heroes, favorite characters to talk about. And there's just so many different, they don't just have to smoke. It was like different types of con, uh, consumption methods. What type of edible, who ate edibles? What type of edibles do they be eating? Who smokes J's? Who smokes blunts? Who smokes bongs? Because <laughs> the most outstanding was like, that Quinn said was that beast hits the bones because you know he worked in the lab and shit. And he also introduced uh, his cannabis character. So be sure to tune into you know that special episode because it is an hour or so long. So those are again special episodes that I'll be uploading that are from the discussion. So if you would like to be on the podcast or just to yeah be a part of the divine weaves of weed community that is developing hit the show notes follow me on twitter be available on tuesday evenings tuesday nights and i will catch you on the next episode keep listening and don't be a bitch to anybody especially yourself